Welcome to By It's Cover Podcast, one marriage's journey through movie night using only the covers of movies found on streaming services. I'm one of your hosts, Bree. I'm your other host, Kevin. And we have a special guest from the Steel City AF slash Arts Foundation, uh, Ronnie Fleming. Hello, everybody. How's it going? You you can tell Bree uh, was really trying to be professional because Ronnie's here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's like, nail this intro because we've never done it that crisp uh, <laughs> at all. And we've had guest stars before. Like, yeah. And I still don't think, usually I have you introduce them because I, I think every guest we've had on the podcast like started out as your person. And so uh, usually I make him introduce, but today he was like, Bree's doing it. And so Bree can handle Ronnie. Uh, you did, you well, did great. You know, I think, I think, you. I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So Ronnie, you're a comic from New York city. I am. Yep. I uh, currently uh, in Pittsburgh, currently in Pittsburgh, formerly Kevin's roommate of six months. So, <laughs> you know, Kevin left uh, a day ago and, you know, it's been, I requested all the Kevin, let's do a video chat right now. And he was yeah. like, all right, let's make it content first. Well, it's because we usually just woke up staring into each other's eyes. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's not like Steel City had bunk beds, but we made them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was tough not to, uh, you know, to wake up to that in the morning and at night, you know, several times because <laughs> of my night terrors. You know? yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's because of his snoring. <laughs> oh, wow. This is going to turn into... By its cover, a roast. Uh, this is something Bree and I can actually relate on. So this yeah. feels nice. You guys know you're going to miss those. I'm like the calm app of sleep apnea. All right. It's true. I loved sleeping next to him last night. I got uh, like the best sleep I've had all year because, you know, just that white noise machine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Love being called white noise. Um, that sounds like I'd be a terrible name if I was on like the Avengers. Uh, I just just want to point out that there's no way you could have sleep apnea because it's a constant snore and if you have sleep apnea you stop breathing which means you're not going to be making sounds yeah it, it's it's actually i did find it comforting sometimes i'm like ah <laughs> oh, kevin's here you know like it just it's kind of nice i'm just like all right this feels like this is like the, this is calm you know this is a normal thing <laughs> well he's been on the road a lot for the last six months so you probably were like, oh, he is here. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't always tell them when I was going to show up. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're actually here to uh, watch a movie. Oh, we have a and, movie podcast. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our our introduction, our first 20 minutes is all always very loose uh and it's even more fun when we have another person here because especially somebody that usually i don't know all that well uh so we get to you know start a friendship <laughs> yeah and this movie actually ronnie you recommended to us this is when you were like hey there's a new cronenberg movie let's check it out yeah, for sure. I was, um, you know, I, I, this is actually uh, supposed to be a date movie. So I was going to go, this is like date number two, going to go see this movie. But there's, for some reason in Pittsburgh, they've canceled this movie for this specific day that I was going to go see it. So I'm going to oh, no. stream it instead. But uh, yeah, I, I, you, I, I have questions. Okay. What, what is your, what is your logic behind taking a date 
to a Cronenberg movie because that's not it's not usually it's a body horror like Cronenberg is known for body horror so usually if you're trying to like wrap your arm around a girl in a movie you go to a horror movie mm-hmm. body horror you run the risk of maybe making her vomit or him I, I assume her but you know it, yeah I, so you're saying this is not a good date movie okay I, got it well maybe maybe the, the city of Pittsburgh has actually helped me out where it's yeah. like you know what Ronnie we Ooh, need this, plans so this guy I mean, bought two tickets no we're not mm. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I would maybe not recommend going to see this movie as a date movie unless you know your lady friend well enough to know that this isn't going to make her up. I I don't know, dude. Do you really want to be in the room with somebody when they're getting like a little turned on by body horror? Where she's like, oh, I'm so happy that flesh melted off that guy. That's uh, that's nice. Ronnie, uh, do you want to get more soda? Maybe we'll just share one Twizzler straw. I mean, it's more or less a test, you know? It's like, if you can handle Cronenberg, you can handle where my flesh falls off my body. <laughs> this is your Marilyn Monroe, uh, if you can't handle me at my worst. <laughs> exactly. See that up there? This is going to happen to me later. <laughs> hey, you know, as long as there's logic behind it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so I am going to put the cover on the screen, and we're going to have Ronnie uh, describe it. Okay, so we've got some sort of, it's all uh, shades of red, and it looks like uh, there's three faces, but they're all kind of like slashed behind, kind of similar to like um, like the claws that you see from like a uh, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park movie. Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree with that? I was thinking the monster logo. <laughs> oh, it does kind of like, wow, they're already getting the product placement in for this. Brought to you by Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And it's like, and each of these slashes, there's a face in there. And they all kind of like, their eyes kind of work together. So it kind of looks like one face, but not really. Um, yeah, it's very um, disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else do you see? Um, I see some kind of, let me see if I can kind of, what's on the bottom here? Oh, wow. Okay. Hold on. I didn't even see this before now. So it just looks like, uh, I'm assuming this is Vigo Mortensen just laying in bed and these images, so like tentacles are kind of coming out from his body, uh, up until just up, up. And he's like lying in bed. Is this Mm -hmm. accurate? Yeah. Yeah. nailing it. To me, it kind of looks like he's in a cocoon that may be some sort of organ. Mm. Um, it's very uh, f- fleshy. Biomechanical? Like, yeah, and so all those tendrils actually lead up to the three uh, three pieces of face that you were talking about earlier, which, based on the information on the cover, we've got Viggo Mortensen, who you said was in this cocoon of grossness, and um, Leah Sadu. I'm sure I murdered her last name, uh, and then Kristen Stewart. So I know two out of the three of the actors, um, and I'm guessing that those are the slices of face that we see up above. Yeah, oh. I think so too, for sure. Okay. And then we've got uh, Festival de Cannes. So they were at the um, Cannes Film Festival. So, you know, that's something. (laughs) And in case we didn't mention it, the title of this movie is called Crimes of the Future. Uh, And it was released this year. 
but there was also a 1970s version. I don't know if it oh. was. I don't know if it's the same movie, but it has the same title. Um, Do we know who did the 1970s version? I don't, but I can look it up real quick. All right. Crazy. So, Ronnie, any other things you're you're noticing on this? Uh, It does say from the mind of David Cronenberg. So you're, you know, he's got his fingerprints all over. It's not even just directed by or from. It's like from the mind of. So if you think about that, it's like, okay, what is this mind also brought us before? You know, people getting turned on by like flesh wounds and car accidents and stuff, you know? Yeah. uh, I don't know. Do you think this is going to be, oh, this is going to sound weird. Do you think this is going to be sexy Cronenberg or like the fly Cronenberg? I think it's going to be closer to Fly Cronenberg. Um, it's also got his Vigo Mortensen. I think this may be his third movie he did with uh, Vigo. Um, so I don't know if that means there's, you know, I think the last movie he did was uh, Eastern Promises, which featured a lot of uh, an incredible amount of Vigo nudity. So yeah. I'm curious yeah. if there's going to be even more nudity somehow, you know, like how can you get Vigo even nakeder? <laughs> I'll tune in if we got Vigo hanging dong in any movie. That's just my go-to rule. Lord of the Rings, uh, there were three towers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wow, I didn't see that cut. Yeah. I, I, I watched a lot of those movies. I don't remember seeing that one. But I was yeah. obsessed with those movies. <laughs> I know. It was weird uh, going back to your childhood home one time and looking in your bedroom and being like, so a lot of Orlando Bloom and Vigo Mortensen oh in this yeah, room. I actually not I mean, a Gimli in sight. Uh, not something that looked like me. No fucking Gimli posters. <laughs> there was no uh, John Reese Davies posters for me to really connect with. Uh, no, actually, um, I was full on obsessed with Lord of the Rings when I was growing up, and uh, I mean, I was a teenager when sure. it, I was all in. I was in high school when they all got released, and. Um, I actually there's there's a place in Lord of the Rings called Bree, spelled my way, uh, and so I made a poster. I printed out a bunch of pictures of the hot guys on the cast, and then in the center I wrote the land of Bree. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you were so horny as a teenager. You got into cartography. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually draw a map. Like just... you and Magellan overlapped here with like. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Maybe the sun goes around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Just a little, just a little uh, window into teenage breeze. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm actually, so I like Vigo Mortensen. Uh, sure. I've loved him as like a, like a creepy horror character ever since the prophecy. Oh, where yeah. he played Satan or Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, he was like, he and Peter Stormare are two of my favorite movie devils um, from Constantine. And Kristen Stewart killed it in the last horror movie we watched. Uh, that one that actually had Cthulhu in it. That one there, she's on that underwater deep sea research oh, festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, love that look on your face right now for you folks listening to the podcast where Brie is like, oh shit, he's going to call me on something I do not remember. I do not, but I did. I did once you said it was underwater. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah. I actually really admire how much better her acting's gotten over the years. Uh, I'm not sure if her acting in Twilight was bad because Twilight's just bad. Uh, I know that that's a controversial opinion. Wow, but. I didn't know that we were going to come here and uh, talk <laughs> shit on Twilight. I, I wouldn't yeah. have agreed to be part of this. Yeah. Um, you pan over. There's uh, the land of Ronnie actually just has Edward and Jacob. <laughs> I'm impressed you remembered their names. Kevin. I was too. That's, that's, yeah. That was a good one. That was a good pull. 
Okay, so um, we're we are excited to see Vigo and Kristen. Um, I think I don't know anything about the third person, but um, what I was going to say, what I did find out while you guys were describing the cover, is this is. This was originally a Cronenberg movie. So the 1970 version was an indie David Cronenberg. So I'm wondering if this is going to be like, hey, I finally have a budget to make it how I want to make it. It wanted to make it in the 70s. Yeah. And so 50 years later, he's got the budget and now he's redoing his own work. What if he's pulling a George Lucas and this is his like... Phantom Menace slash Star Wars special editions. <laughs> well, that was like, um, there was, I, I knew that Tom Cruise wanted to do certain stunts, but they didn't have the technology for it, you know? So maybe it was something like that. Speaking of Tom Cruise, what is Crimes of the Future? That reminds me of what is Minority, Minority, Minority Report? Report. Right? I mean, the concept, isn't it? I mean, I don't yeah. know what this movie's about, yeah. but. Actually, okay. I, maybe that gets us into like, what do we think this movie is going to be about? Okay, yeah. yeah. So what's your prediction, Ronnie? I mean, just based on the cocoon thing, I mean, it does feel like it's, I don't know, some sort of like um, Inception style, like this is going inside of his mind into a conceptual world of crime. I I really have no idea. Interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if uh, this is my hope is one of them is a past version of either of himself or that he can inhabit. One's a future version of himself because I just wonder, like, because they're laid out in the three that triptych kind of. Mm, yeah, so I'm wondering if it, you know it's going to be multiple timelines. Um, maybe he's got to go and make sure something happens. You know, like how Twelve Monkeys they've got to prevent something from happening. Sure. This one, I'm like, wonder if they have to make sure something happens. Hmm. Um, it's Cronenberg, so I know something. I, I don't always know how his movies are going to happen, but I know uh, that I can always count on like some gun or weapon being made out of something creepy in this. Uh, I can always count on the biomechanical, which I think we've seen. Like, this is going to be some weird flesh machine. And then I can also count... I'm going to count seven gags by Brie. I was going to say, how many <laughs> How many you think I'm going to... And there's going to be at least three where I have to turn and be like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Just watch it. <laughs> Is that how you guys rate rate the movies? How many gags by Brie? Like seven out of seven gags. So we just watched everything everywhere all at once. Mm. And which I did not anticipate gagging, but I had like four gags in that movie. Uh, So I definitely think I'm going to probably double that. If not it, triple that. In this. It's gags or number of dead dogs. That's really how we oh, rate even. movies on this show. Yeah, because I... It, we tricked her into watching movies where dogs die, apparently. It makes oh, me yeah. very sad. Yeah. And John Wick fan. And- yeah. I, when I watch John Wick, I have to have Cabin fast forward through that part. There's a website called Does the Dog Die? Oh, really? She'll make me check it yep. <laughs> before we go to certain movies where she's yep. like, if she's like, I saw a dog, like the new uh, Predator that movie that's coming out, Prey. Yeah. She's like, there's a dog in it. You're going to have to spoil the movie for yourself to know if the... And I'm like, really? <laughs> Well, that's why I'm like, I, it's a predator movie. I can guess what's going to happen. But. <laughs> that's why everything everywhere all the time. I, I wish someone had told me there were that many dildos in it. I would have never. <laughs> I, I was like, hey, this is the best martial arts scene I've seen with a dildo in a long time. All right. I don't think it's top 
like the top one, but it's right. the best in a while. <laughs> so um, I think that this movie is going to be uh, Viggo Mortensen uh, is actually a criminal and he's in jail and jail looks like this. So he is uh, completely sedated hmm. in in this machine and he they, he doesn't know he is. And so he kind of like they matrix style him into this world with Kristen Stewart and Leah Sadu. And um, he thinks it's like this paradise. And then things start going horribly wrong and everybody starts being disfigured. And then he tries to find a way out of it. And it's just it's a messy grossness that will have me gagging at least eight times. And then he finally somehow finds the mental back door and he wakes up and he's in this horrific jail with all these other people. And then he gets out and he escapes and kills the warden. Wow. Yeah, this is what this is what she does. She gets sometimes she'll go in deep and you're like, oh my gosh. Dude, I okay. I was thinking, I'm wondering, uh, what if they figure out a way to tell what crimes you're gonna commit? Yeah. Yeah, like minority future. Yeah. And they're like rehabbing, either trying to rehab him or They're like punishing him for the crime that they he hasn't committed yet, but he knows he's going to commit. And uh, I do like this idea of like this prison version of Vanilla Sky in Mm. a way. Like Mm. that could be that could be interesting. Um, This is the first time your prediction hasn't sounded like a Scooby Doo plot though. So (laughs) props. (laughs) Um, I want to know as I was rambling, Ronnie's face just got like his eyes got wider and wider and wider, (laughs) and he looked like what the fuck is up with this chick's brain? And so I want to know what you were thinking, and as I was predicting. I was feeling like I just watched the whole movie. I was just like, is this, this actually, it was like brilliant. I was just sort of, I was in it. I was like, this is, I think you've nailed this. I think that's exactly what the movie is. I don't even know what we need to even watch it now. Yeah. All right. And we're done. Uh, Ronnie, plug wolves. So um, is there anything else you guys want to say before we go and watch this movie? I mean, I definitely think that like you're saying, Bree, that it, and also you, Kevin, the idea that I think this movie is no matter what uh, reality he's in, it's going to be a shitty reality or a fucked up reality. You know, mm-hmm. it's like no matter what, I don't think Cronenberg is not ever like a lot of hope. Right. Yeah. So right. it's just like everything is kind of just messed up and gooey and gross. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like maybe there's a better option, but it's not a good option either way. Yeah. So wouldn't this be great if this was his turn to like romantic comedy? <laughs> like this is this is his punch drunk love. You know, he's just a, oh, I want to do something different. Anyways, the goo monsters are going to kiss. Uh, <laughs> crimes of the future love or something. Yeah. Like crimes of future. Passion. <laughs> you, guys, you guys liked when that guy fucked that leg wound in Crash, right? What if I just built a whole movie around that? In the 70s, I didn't have the budget to uh, get the 4K of this love story. Yeah. The prosthetics for uh, goo monster genitalia were not there. Uh-huh. I just want to let you know, Kevin, that we will not be watching the 1970 version of this for comparison. I honestly am amazed I haven't seen the original. 
um, as a as a as a fan of Cronenberg. Um, okay, but why? Why are you a fan of Cronenberg? Because you made me watch Existence. I have. I made was- you watch so many Cronenberg. I I I feel bad because I feel like I um I sneak attack you with Cronenberg movies where. You'll sit down and you're like, this movie's a little bit weird. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be. And you're like, why is he saying it like that? And I'm like, no, no reason. <laughs> I spend more movies or more Cronenberg movies watching you reacting to Cronenberg movies than I do watching Cronenberg movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember the first time we watched The Fly together and you got very angry at me with the like hand yeah. vomit melting scene. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I think that sometimes he just. Well, this we can blame this on you, Ronnie. Every what? time I yeah. it, this movie. Oh. So, so whatever gag quotient I hit, I mean. Yeah, you're lucky she doesn't your have name. your phone number because she would text you and be like, <laughs> "What the fuck, Ronnie?" I follow him on social media at Ron <laughs> underscore Flem. That's right. Appreciate the yeah. plug. Yeah. Now, are you gonna are you gonna invite your date over to the Martin House and? Uh no. So um. No, because no, I'm not. But it's, we're going to actually watch everything everywhere all the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> tomorrow. But also tomorrow, I'm going to check this movie out as well. Yeah. Well, just be prepared. She'll gag in that one, too. But there's a lot. It, it's a it's an amazing movie. So good choice. Oh, we're talking about during the movie. <laughs> Kevin, that was super inappropriate. <laughs> I probably have a better, 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 uh, better chances with this movie than the Cronenberg movie, right? Oh, one hundred percent agree. <laughs> I don't know. See what she's into, man. <laughs> Kevin, don't be that way. Everyone, even Goo Monsters, need love, Brie. Even Goo Monsters need. Oh, I think I think I got a new bumper sticker. Uh, put it up <laughs> on the Red Bubble, honey. Even Goo <laughs> Monsters need love. I'd have to create it first. Give me some yeah. time. <laughs> first, create Our- the Red Bubble, then put it up. I have a red bubble. God damn it. Then put, why are you doing this to me? Make my goo monsters. Um, Make ugh, goo monsters. Making goo monsters um, is the worst I, name I've heard for masturbation. I don't like oh, God. it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's go watch a movie. <laughs> let's go watch a movie. All right, and we're back having just watched Crimes of the Future 2022 uh, by David Cronenberg. Yep. Yeah. We we watched (laughs) that. Uh, Okay, so hold on. There's a couple things I want to know right off the bat. Ronnie. Yes. Was I correct in the fact that you should not watch this movie as a date movie? Mm, no, I actually think it's a great date movie. I need to know why you think so. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you can learn a lot about somebody by uh, what they liked about it, or what they didn't like about it, and what their their threshold is for, um, I guess, uh, having sex with open wounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that one of your barometers, Ronnie? <laughs> it's really... Uh... I it's a questions. bellwether for every relationship. It's, it's like if she doesn't get slightly aroused by a sliver. Uh, I'm just I'm like, babe, gonna... do you want to uh, have surgery on me or not? You know, like that's kind <laughs> of 
it's, it's my date two question. Don't you know that sex is the or surgery is the new sex? <laughs> oh, said by like the most nervous Kristen Stewart I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Which is saying a lot because she was Bella, and Bella's like default like setting was oh timid. Yeah, but like I don't know. I feel like Twilight was trying to do like shy hot. And this mm. movie was doing like shy awkward in a way that I was like, ugh. Shy awkward, like Virgis Stalker kind no, of. No, just creepy in a way. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like this person. Like shy awkward, very, very forward. Yeah. yeah, it was it was weird, like to see someone that was portraying someone that that timid, be yet awkwardly forceful in a sexual setting. I. Uh, trying to she wasn't even like trying to seduce sal she was just like uh, let's do this i'm i want you to do this to me (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know i don't know if you have either of you have lived your life around enough degenerates ronnie i assume because you were or you are a comic brie you've just been peripherally associated have you ever met one of those comics that's way into like something weird and they just want to share it with you and you're like fucking please don't and it, yeah. I guess they just nailed it so I just every time she was on screen I just thought of that one comic that's like dude it's not that weird like they're they're ponies they're little <laughs> ponies they love friendship so why shouldn't they love fucking I don't understand what your problem is like why can't you just get on board with this and I'm like oh <laughs> dude I don't like any of this conversation I just I, like she made me feel like it being back at open mics is what it felt like <sighs> yeah she didn't make me feel uncomfortable. I actually kind of liked her whole thing. <laughs> okay, Ronnie, I feel like we're learning a lot about yeah. you. He's like, what's wrong with communicating your needs clearly and effectively? I thought, I thought she was great. I don't know. <laughs> she was asking for consent. I yeah. mean, yeah. and he was also very interested too. And I mean, yeah. the whole like sexual dynamic of this entire movie was like, all right, who's interested? Everyone's sort of interested in who, but my favorite line in the whole movie is something that I. I would like to do it at some point in my life. Or maybe not. I don't know. But where he's just like, I'm sorry. I'm not very good at the old sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, man. What, in what situation would you bust that line out? <laughs> Every time I've had something up with somebody. <laughs> uh, and then we, they're just, they're so confused during the hookup because they're like, what was what's the new sex and so like their brain's not even focusing on what you're currently doing oh man you could use that as an excuse for so many things she's like how was it you could be like i was okay for the old sex (laughs) where's the newsletter people yeah she's gonna think it's like uh like the new coke and she's gonna be like this is weird i like the old one i want sex classic (laughs) i don't want the starlight version yeah uh I guess my next question would be then, Ronnie, uh, what'd you snack on during this movie? Well, okay, so I did I did two different well this I did I broke it up. So okay. I, the first hour I watched, uh, I had Neapolitan ice cream. Nice. Which was actually felt it was great. It was nice. It wasn't it didn't belong to me. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's and, a running theme. Uh, <laughs> and then t- this morning it was oatmeal. Okay, okay. So, so old man food. I got just, it. I'm, I'm proud of you for being able to eat through a Cronenberg movie. Yeah, actually, as somebody that was anticipating gagging a lot during this movie, I 
I think I only gagged once. Um, and I actually had a snack. I had some Ritz crackers during mm. it. Yeah, but your first gags came like 10 minutes into the movie. Like you did two like back to back. And I was like, this is a bad sign. But you acclimated. You really got adjusted to that weird world. Honestly, though, if you put it up next to any other Cronenberg movie that I've seen, uh, the the gag grossness wasn't there as much. Um, It was very... um, I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. There wasn't the there wasn't the goo factor. Mm, uh, no goo monsters. Yeah. So, OK, we've kind of started talking about this movie, but does somebody want to give a quick summary of what's going down? Sure. I'll, I'll jump in. There. <laughs> it's going to be uh, It's kind of hard to, I was like, okay, I can. Yeah. I can so to. it it follows. Uh, is it Saul or Sal? Saul Tensor. Saul Tensor, who is a performance artist that he's got a disease that he randomly generates organs. Uh, It's an evolutionary tick um, in this dystopian world where we've just polluted it. We've made it a bad place. Uh, People have just these mutations all over. And Saul um, basically works with a partner, which what was his partner's name? Patrice. Patrice. Okay. Thank God. I really am bad with names. I'm so glad you guys have name tags under your faces. <laughs> Otherwise, I would just be blank the I'm whole time. I'm you remember all those yeah. names. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all I've got. Yeah, this movie had like rest. four characters. I'm like, I'm not going to remember any of these fuckers. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, they go around and they... Nope. I was wrong. It's Caprice, not Caprice. Patrice. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I was Because I was going to like, I would have been like, this would have been better if it was cast with Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they they perform these surgeries uh, on Saul to show uh, these new organs off. And he kind of doesn't really run afoul, but he um, gets caught up in this kind of grand conspiracy with these group of people that have intentionally modified their organs to be able to digest plastic and toxic waste, all basically the byproducts of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result, he's caught up with the government uh, in it. And uh, no, he's he's an undercover cop. He's not an undercover cop. He goes undercover with them like he's working what? for them. How did you interpret that, Ronnie? <laughs> that was that was a question, a running question of mine. And it just made me think that he was somewhat undercover. Just I mean, it had like Eastern Promises sort of vibes too, where he's like he went so far undercover that he's just part of it now. I don't know. Yeah. I called him a stoolie. What is a stoolie? Stoolie would be like a, a, a confidential informant. Okay, mm. so yeah. that was uh, that was going to be my. If he wasn't a yeah. cop, then he was a CI. Yeah, there he was. Go. He was there like informant, and uh, they basically uh, the leader of it is Scott Speedman. Yeah, and I love he, Scott Speedman. Who aged beautifully. I mean, he has aged well. Okay, so, sorry, Ronnie. There's a lot of homophobic or not homophobic, homoerotic subtext in what we uh, do on this show. Where I'm like, that's a pretty dude. I don't care who you are. Uh, so. Um, he was he was Lang Dotrice, the one that um was ahead of the plastic people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, he he had a son that has evolved naturally to digest plastic. Yes. Yeah. Who Which was murdered is, at the very start. 
yeah. that scene was incredible. Just him eating the 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 the, the trash can. Oh, that was <laughs> gag one. That was gag one for me for sure. Um, because I I stopped wa- looking as soon as he dropped something in the trash can because you know the first thing I thought was that he was going to eat the contents of the trash can. Mm. So my face turned away. I had my my hand up, and and I could just hear him munching and. I was like, Kevin, what is going on? Because I can't. <laughs> well, that see- scene lasted so long. It I know. did. It was so uncomfortably long, and it was just uh So, anyways, there we go. Okay, yeah, so I- this kid can eat synthetic material, which I was loving because uh, <laughs> there was a part of me that laughed. So his mom thinks he's a freak, yeah, and so she smothers him. But I was laughing because I thought there was going to be a moment in my mind where I was like, if I was making this a comedy, he would just eat his way through the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> And then just fucking all these feathers would come out of his yeah. mouth. It's like, oh, how do we kill this kid? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like I said, uh, okay, I have another question for you guys. Um, so, one of the main uh, running, it's not really a theme, but um, items that are talked about a lot in this movie are the, um, what is it, Far From Home or fair fair home life or something anyways they have these machines that help people uh that have grown these are growing these extra uh, internal organs um cope with their lives and one of the excuse me one of the symptoms of this evolution of humanity for everyone is that there's no infections anymore and nobody can feel pain except when they sleep. And so this company makes this bed uh, that you see Viggo Mortensen on the cover in, and he's actually in it several times in the movie um, that is supposed to help like track what is growing inside of him and like what his hormones are doing. And, um, but what I want to know is after seeing this bed, what did it look like to you? Um, I don't know. It kind of looked like a like a like a like a bug upside down, you know, like on its okay. back. Okay. So you just like a like a beetle or like a a tick or something. Yeah. Okay. Kevin. Oh, beetle vagina. Yeah. See, it's Cronenberg. It's it's going to be a weird vag at some point. <laughs> He's like the um, body horror uh, Gloria O'Keefe. Is it Gloria O'Keefe? Georgia O'Keefe. There we go. Georgia O'Keefe. Yeah. Um, anyways, I thought it looked like an upside down walnut shell. And then mm. the inside was like a vag cocoon that he slept in. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the perfect bed. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, God. No. Slimy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, slimy doesn't feel like the that feels degrading. So there's also another machine that's supposed to help these people that have the that are growing these extra organs um, eat because I guess eating is one of the things that becomes an issue for them. And it looks like he's sitting in this skeleton chair that's just rocking him in awkward ways as he's trying to feed himself. And um, that was really, uh, first of all, it looked very plasticky. Mm-hmm. I was actually very surprised with how plasticky it looked and the other the third machine which was the sark machine which is the machine that they do their performance art in um that's 
a modified autopsy bed uh the the caprice who was an actual trauma surgeon is now this performance artist with Sal and she goes in and tattoos his new organs and then people come and watch as she cuts him open and removes the organs from while he's laying in this sark bed um and it's very I mean it's a major part of the movie because later they do a live autopsy on Brecken uh, the son that was murdered at the very beginning of the movie and so they have to get it remodified to back to its original state as an autopsy bed which the control for the Sark bed actually freaked me the hell out because <laughs> it looked like it looked like a somebody had taken a frog and molded like huh. a, a gelatin mold out of it. And then there were all these lights and they kept pressing buttons. And it, it was, um, what was that slappy game that you... Pop it? No, Simon Says? Yes, Simon Says, where you had to like follow the lights. Mm. It reminded me <laughs> of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I went on and on for quite a while. Does anybody have things to add? <laughs> I love, okay, Kurt Winnenberg always has this problem where his props in his movies are kind of, like, unwieldy in a way. Like, I think of the gun in Existence, which is made out like chicken bones. Like, nothing ever looks like it actually would function as the thing. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that, that controller, you just see Vigo, like, not knowing how to do his space work around that thing, and he just ends up, like, mushing buttons. Yep. <laughs> like, there's supposed to be this delicate precision surgery machine, and he's just like, Bop it. <laughs> Twist it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not delicate. Um, also, I felt like a lot of this stuff kind of looked in some ways like fake. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I was, I was actually. About. I was kind of surprised. I was like, for Cronenberg, who I usually associate with like these effects just gross me out and they feel real. Um, a lot of these, I was like, yeah, this is clearly a prop. Like, yeah. In well, a yeah, way. You know, it kind of reminded me of, did you guys ever watch Naked Lunch? Mm hmm. So Naked Lunch was just kind of like a lot of times it just seems silly and kind of bad almost where you're like, oh, this is clearly a, a movie. And these, yeah, like you're saying, this is clearly props. These settings are just like goofy and these like these creatures are just so fucking odd looking that it just doesn't seem it definitely like, takes you out of the movie a little bit where you're just like, oh, I'm watching something instead of like I'm being sucked into this world. Yeah. yeah, I also felt like I was like, well, this doesn't even seem like the best way to do this, like this mm. biomechanical thing, because like the the chair is is not just for people that are growing these organs. It's supposed to help anyone like digest properly. Mm -hmm. One of the problems with Saul is because his body constantly is growing these new organs. The machines have a hard time adjusting to him. That's one of like the points why he has to get his bed adjusted mm -hmm. constantly. Um, but it's just like I'm like, OK. But that doesn't seem like he's like fucking around with the spoon and almost stabs himself in the face like nine <laughs> times. I was like, how is that an enjoyable breakfast? Like when you were eating your oatmeal, where you're like, you know, it'd be better if somebody just jammed this in my face. <laughs> yeah, his, his his food also looked just like guacamole and yeah. like, like carrot. Yeah. You know what probably would have helped with this? Saul, a straw. Just put a straw in your mouth. Wow, in brilliant. the future, there are no straws. You're like, oh, all the plastic eating kids ate the fucking straws. We ain't got shit anymore for straws. <laughs> Do you think that the concept of the plastic eating thing was just that all these micro plastics that we're all eating? Do you think it's definitely part of it? Or like, we're going to grow an evolutionary biome or whatever to be able to be able to like, eat it? 
that's one of the things I, I kind of want to talk about is like, what was his point in this? <laughs> I like, and see, I'm a, I defend this movie. I'll defend it. So Brie is like, what got done with it? And she's like, well, that was Cronenberg, right. And I was like, no, man, I, I liked it. Yeah, were, you made me think, man. <laughs> How many times did I say I feel like this movie's up its own ass? Oh, mm. Sal is up his own ass. Well, Sal. it'd be easy, easy <laughs> in this movie because he would just grow a new butthole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys do your little philosophy thing because <laughs> I, I got, I got nothing. Like, oh. <laughs> also, we got to talk about the ear guy. Uh. Uh-uh. We do not have to talk about the air guy. That was a fantastic dancer. I'll tell you that much. I well, so I actually really like. I think that uh, you were grossed out by the scene, but I like. I thought that got to kind of some of the point of this movie in some ways, where this lady comes in and was like critiquing him, and she's like, "It's you know, he's got these extra ears, but they don't do anything. It's not. It's not a next step. It's just a visually like a visual conception piece, and it doesn't actually do anything." And I was like, dude, is this like Cronenberg kind of critiquing people that try to imitate what he's doing in a way? Hmm. Like, you guys are taking my thing, but you don't you don't choose to understand it. You don't choose to put any of the love in it. You're just making kind of grotesquery for the sake of grotesquery. Interesting. Um, yeah, I was trying to figure out like how, you know, who's your author insert and stuff like that. Uh, I was like, was Saul supposed to be Cronenberg away of the way of like, he's just making these things. And sometimes they don't have a point or a purpose. They're just producing this art and other people mm-hmm. kind of at like Patrice or Caprice is the one that adds the meaning to it. I really want it to be Patrice O'Neill now. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, just, I <laughs> so want it. Would you be so great where he's like, the fuck am I going to do with another endocrine gland? <laughs> you fucking making endocrine glands. Um, but yeah, like she's the one that adds the meaning to this and really like elevates that trauma into art. Um, you know, is the, is Kristen Stewart, that fan that doesn't fully understand it or almost fetishizes what he's doing. Hmm. Um, I was like, this is what I was like, in some ways this is interesting where I think he kept it from going up its own ass is, at no point is Cronenberg being like, I'm the right one. I'm like, he doesn't do what Aronofsky does in mother where he's like, see, this is why I'm a genius. And you guys can't criticize my work. Don't even get me started on that stupid ass movie. (laughs) I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Don't waste your time. No. Is it, is it better or worse than the fountain? I haven't seen the fountain. Okay. You called her bluff. She's, I don't think you've ever seen an Aronofsky movie. babe. I saw mother. mother. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to have to look up his list and see if you're right. Yeah, so we got to watch, so, watch Noah next. Yeah. Oh, okay. hell, hell Noah. <laughs> but well, I don't know, Ronnie, what was your, your, your... I'll give it to you. I give, yeah, Bible pun, <laughs> high five. Uh, what was your take on it? How did you did you feel about that? See, I don't know. I thought I didn't go into, like, what is he saying about his own art, although that scene did strike me as you know maybe having like more uh to say but i I don't know like i would just more or less just like this concept of the future like what what where are humans going you know and i thought that it was sort of like it sort of just struck me as like an exercise of like if this is true what else is true so if we do you know if we are going to be you know creating organs 
you know, to be able to digest like the microplastics or whatever, how would humans actually feel about this and how do we actually react to it? And what, like, what, it is kind of like what, what, how society would deal with this. I thought it was interesting that performance art was suddenly like the new fad. And, you know, cause like no one gives a shit about it now. Like, yeah, <laughs> the, the worst future. That was what it actually made it the most dystopian, not the destroyed <laughs> environment. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> We even, made performance art relevant. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> even this police agency would just like, yeah, you know, like saying vice, it just makes it sexier, which means that we'll get more funding. I'm like, yeah, that kind of just. That tracks. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and I, I don't know. I guess it would just sort of like what, like, where is humanity going next? I think. And kind of like what, what the actual evolution of it looks like. But I don't know. I didn't really go into too far in the detail of like what Cronenberg is saying about art or what he's saying about himself. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I'll admit, I can fully be wrong on my interpretations of things. But. I would also like to point out that Cabin had a four hour drive between yeah. watching this movie <laughs> and talking about it now. So oh. he had a lot of reflection time. Yeah. It got Whereas real weird real quick. Me, I tried not to to remember too much of it. <laughs> I I also think uh I'm not going to lie. I thought this was kind of weak Cronenberg sauce a little bit. Mm. Like um it just it just doesn't it didn't hit in the same way and I also wonder if that's a little bit of the point is everyone's like trying to control or contain or define what Saul's doing. And he's like, when you do that, you, you you dilute the meaning, you dilute the the artist. Because there's also this scene where he's negotiating with the um, he's one of the the cops. Yeah, he's the head of this department that's supposed to track like new internal organs and stuff. But it turns out that guy's also like running the illegal um world's prettiest organ or whatever inner beauties inner beauty contest yeah and i was like this is interesting because it kind of gets to that like these people that do this thing also do this other thing like it's kind of like when people point out like the largest collection of child porn is the fbi and you're like that Mm. doesn't Mm. seem right like (laughs) that's that's not good that you guys are like we got catalogs of this shit in back uh right but yeah, it's just uh, it was a very interesting one to me where I was like, what does that what's he what is he trying to say with that? And also it's just like he's horse trading, which as a director, I imagine happens all the time where they're like, OK, you want to make this artistic thing. You want to do this artistic thing. You got to churn out this commercial bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, George Miller, you want to make Mad Max Fury Road. Let's see some happy feet, homie. What you got? Um, <laughs> Both excellent movies, although I did prefer Fury Road. Okay, I was gonna say if you <laughs> if you said I prefer Happy Feet, I was like interview over. I can storm out of my own podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so my question to you: You were just talking about Whippet, who's the head of the organ registration, the and new not a or- Devo fan. Uh, then no, he does not whip it good. Um, the, That's how you yes and, Kevin. When you yeah. didn't know a thing, you should have been there for it. Okay? Yeah, I know. I, I, I know butted her. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> um, okay, so he's the head of this new organ registration thing. Uh, whip it, the guy you were talking about. But my question is, you mentioned that he's also in on the inners, inner beauties pageant. I thought that he wasn't part of that until after he saw 
Saul's performance and both him and Timlin, Kristen Stewart, both got obsessed with the world after seeing the performance. Are you saying that they both were into that stuff before they started the organ registration? Timlin is not in the inner beauty contest. She has nothing no, no, to do. No, she, she, she's going to turn him in for it. She's got a whole nother like fetish thing that she's yeah. got going on. But I thought both of them were triggered into different parts of that world based on seeing uh, Sal, Sal and Caprice's. No, they were already they were already fans of them because they already both knew him oh, and they thought he, right. they were talking about like, oh, my gosh, it's like having uh, Picasso. Like when they talk about him, they're like, it's like Picasso. And they're like, mm, no, he's not like Picasso better it's more transformative i want to talk like her i want to figure out how like does that no you don't understand (laughs) it's such a fascinating oh oh, man if i could just turn on the creep factor in conversation do you know how many awkward conversations i could end with people by just busting out my inner like creepy kristen stewart (laughs) and they're like oh my god i want to talk to you about like oh after meet and greets after shows and they're like oh my god i'm gonna tell you this joke that's gonna end up being racist and i'm like no i don't i don't like your comedy I really, I really find jokes very arousing. I just, I, uh, I find that comedy is the new sex, and then just <laughs> conversation over. I can't, I can't wait to clip that one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh. the new sex. Comedy is the new sex. I could just see the next day headline. They're like, "Fat comic, new Louis C.K. Not in the good way?" Question mark. <laughs> comedy is the new sex. Uh, <laughs> What did you guys think about the two like mechanics or the, the two women who were like they worked on the machines and they were like really into like the mechanics of it? Router and nope, that's not burst. Router and burst. Oh god, it's do you look at every name in this show or in this movie and be like, there's some philosophical like metaphor to all these like these are all allegorical names. No fucking clue what he meant by them. so i guess yeah my question is um okay so the router and burst work as they're like people that are certified to work on apple stuff but aren't actually apple employees right Mm. for this company and so they come and they recalibrate um the different machines uh, and make sure that they're in proper working order but then something switches and they become like assassins after they have sex with Caprice in the Sark model. They had sex with Caprice? You didn't, How did you miss this? I they, mean, it, it was like they kind of like gave each other the eye and then the, the scene changed. I don't know what happened. And then there's a scene change. in the blanks? Like, what's going on? And then Caprice is like, they're very playful. And it's like... But then she ends up giving a blowjob to uh, a That's guy's not a blow job. That's not a zipper blow job. zipper surgery pouch. Oh, yes. that was such that a was gross like, scene. That was like gag number three. <laughs> yeah, so that we, was. Yeah. Oh, just whoever was the Foley artist was like, "All right, I need you guys to cook a giant pot of macaroni and then leave the room." 
Daddy's <laughs> gonna make music. <laughs> then he goes, "Oh, don't let it slip out." <laughs> yeah, don't spill. And I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh no, 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 okay. no, yeah. Vigo, no. How, no. Aragorn? Why? <laughs> <laughs> no." <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. She, they totally banged on the Sark model. You just didn't see it. That doesn't seem sterile. Well, it doesn't matter. They don't get infections anymore. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's a a way to christen the the Sark machine for an actual autopsy. That's a new bottle of champagne on a ship. So uh, I think that actually the Sark model had the most sex in this movie because Vigo and Caprice did it on it. And then she had a three way with the two with Burst and Louder, Router. Right. But they. Well, she was probably louder. But they had like they had new threesome sex. Like they cut. Like, she had the scars. They weren't having like actual. No, no, no. That was from something different. That's when she oh, went yeah. and saw the performance art with the lady that got her face cut up like fish gills. Yes. And then she went and had sex with her. Wow. And got and, like the weird moons, like put crescent in her head. moons, put in her forehead. Which. I, I thought it was funny Saul's reaction where I thought he was going to be like, oh, body modification? Fucking hack. <laughs> like, I, like he seemed really mad about it where he's like, oh, you just put weird bumpy shit in your face? That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you're you're a prop comp. I don't know why I keep relating this comedy, but he's like, you're a prop comp. You're the carrot top of performance art now. I mean, to be fair, two out of the three people on this podcast currently are full-time working yeah. comedians. And we, we kind of waterboarded you into the comedy world. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel like you have a way out. <laughs> you tied, you, uh, you tricked me in with access to a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know. There's so much that we haven't even talked about with this movie because yeah. it's just, it's all over the place. I, it takes a while to actually get to like what the point is. And even then the point is kind of like, is this what you meant? <laughs> well, it's, it's very it's, much performance art and open to interpretation. Yeah. It's not even like David Lynch where like David Lynch, I feel like if I watch a Lynch movie, he's just going to be like, yeah, make your own meaning, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm just putting shit together for you. Um, I just, I almost wonder like Cronenberg, like the, the women ending up being assassins um, that kill with power drills that never really gets developed. We never even really get kind of why they want to go after these people for body modification. Other than they're just like, yeah, it's uh we're bad. We're, we don't appreciate people doing this. Like you're not, allowed to because it's not human well part of me wondered if they were doing it because they wanted to keep the company in business because the the machines that were being used to treat the people with the evolution were all from their company so i thought it was more likely that that they were just trying to tow the company line and keep the product and therefore their jobs secure interesting hmm. yeah, I, I don't know if i have a great like again it's not there's not like Kevin a line of dialogue obviously to. does not agree with my no, theory <laughs> I, I don't know like I, i'm like I, I didn't even really paid attention to it yeah I, yeah i don't i don't really know what the what is totally actually completely going on either um yeah they distracted me with boobs they were lovely boobs though like every set of boobs that we saw in this movie were well done 
Also, there was a time where I thought I was looking at uh, lady boobs, and it turns out just to be Vigo's boobs. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh. Not a zero on the Kinsey scale. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Jot that down. I mean, to be fair, it's Vigo Mortensen. I mean, he was freaking Aragorn. Yeah. He made you Aragorn knee. <laughs> Sorry, that's not the best that sex pun I've made, but it worked. Uh, and this is why comedy is not the new sex. <laughs> Gorny, though, does sound like a great way of describing Cronenberg. It's going to be gore and it's going to be horny. He's yep. Gorny. Yeah, that's actually. I, I made a new word. Real Sigourney Weaver, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I- I mean, what's next? Do we continue talking about all the nuances of this movie or I I mean, Uh, do okay, let's let's just I'm going to call it Ronnie. Would what do you think would be a better cover than what this current cover is? Hmm. Um, Do you want a second? No, I'll name it right now. Just uh, the woman um, just licking uh the wound of Vigo Mortensen with a zipper. That's it. Or or just like the opening of the zipper and that's just the face of just like the zipper face. That would be kind of cool. Don't, please don't cut that I, uh, together. <laughs> when it comes down to like sound design how important it is, uh I just kind of was laughing because I was like, what if they would have just gone with like Velcro? And it just would have been like the <laughs> sound. <laughs> <laughs> like in the future we don't use zippers we have velcro <laughs> or a drawstring. he has a button fly you know could you imagine going in there and like with your fingers trying to button look at, that would be so slippery how would you do that oh, yeah. don't There's let it slip out remember snaps he made him like breakaway pants <laughs> All of a sudden, you ready for this starts playing? It's like dun 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 dun, and he poof, magic mics his tummy open. Oh God. You want to see my inner beauty? Ugh. <laughs> and that plot line never goes anywhere. No. He, like oh, he yeah. horse trades to get win best new organ. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really feel like I cared. <laughs> it's like why does yeah. this guy care about this? Well, and he was even like, well, if I win this, then I'm gonna just cut it out and throw it. And that's why I get like, I'm like, is this a commentary on something in art Hmm. where he's just like, oh, yeah, I don't give a fuck if you give me an Oscar because I'm going to do something that pisses you off in my next movie or something (laughs) like that. Like, or like, I don't like all it does is gets me to the next thing that I actually care about. Um, That's why I'm like, is this a commentary on a a, like a direct or his career? Um, But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But I do like that idea of the cover, though, the zipper face reveal. Isn't or this just whole the thing... ear guy, and you're yeah. just like, "What is this movie? I don't know." <laughs> there is actually a cover. There is a poster of for this movie. It's the ear guy oh, with really? his mouth and his eyes shown shut, sewn, sewn shut. shut. That's go. a that's a real tongue twister. Yeah, it's like Sally sells seashells down up by yeah. the seashore. And then he, he probably can make a fortune just selling his used Q-tips oh, to those uh, Avin, the plastic eaters. Oh. Yeah, I, I really wanted that chocolate too. You just—that uh, was a nice little like nod in the beginning, of, like because uh, I watched it with the captions on it. It just says uh, "rustling of a wrapper," and you're like I didn't even know he was—he ha- had a wrapper in his hand. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I guess it's gonna. This is important. 
Yeah. So this is actually a conversation. Uh, we're going to come back to Bree and my changes for the cover. But this is one I want to actually a- ask the ending of this movie. Um, Saul can't eat. He's been letting multiple organs grow in him because one of the things that Scott Speedman's character says to him is like, did you ever think that this is just your body saying go with it? Hmm. And he so he it gets to a point where he can't eat. And Caprice asks him, is it time? And he says yes, and she unwraps, she finds out she has a tin of those candy bars that are basically just industrial waste mm-hmm. that look delicious. I'd eat the shit out of them. They were purple. Like, Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> these, these are the Tide Pods of the future. <laughs> and he eats it, cries, and smiles. Now... I was like, is this supposed to be an ambiguous ending where they're like, did it kill him? Was this him committing suicide? Hmm. Or was this him like acknowledging that he's moved on to this, you know, not to go back to Cronenberg's like 1980 something movie, Videodrome, this is a new flesh, you know? I thought it meant that... I thought it meant that he had grown the new organs and that he could now process synthetic plastic as his food source. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought too. And it was like a relief tear. Okay. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out like if it was this like uh inception where the spinning top is intentionally ambiguous or just movies like, yeah, fucking end. Well, you thought it meant that he was killing himself because he was in didn't you? I was I was kinda like, Oh, I, I could read it either way, but I was trying to like on that drive where I was like, Well, what would be the purpose of him using it to commit suicide? Yeah. Well, um, they were recording it, so it could have been a yeah. performance moment. It felt it felt kind of like at the end of like Blade Runner, where you're just like, "Oh, I am a replicant, and I'm 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 moving on in this future world where I'm accepting who I am." Yeah, yeah, I'm with yeah. you, Ronnie. Yep, I I actually yeah, I kind of like that. It's uh, it's I don't know, feels very dystopian novel where it's not necessarily upbeat, but it's not it's not a downer necessarily. But yeah, it's this bittersweet end. All right, cool, Bree. What's your opinion on the cover? I think what I would do is have um, Vigo in a triptych in all three of the machines on the cover. So him using each of the machines because Hmm. they were a big part of the movie. The movie wouldn't have been impossible if they weren't part of the props. You know what I mean? And so I think I would do a triptych of the three of him in utilizing all three of the machines. Thoughts? I dig it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, like it. I think that you guys both had better cover ideas that I than I had because, like, <laughs> I realize all mine go to like horror, and I don't think this movie feels isn't a horror movie. No. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah. So I just was kind of like wondered if you had him on that machine, kind of a little bit flayed open. Yeah. And. uh but again, that feels very horror to me. Um, we also should point out we were very wrong in all of our predictions. Absolutely. Uh, 100% yeah. agree. Because it really never, I mean, yes, there was a cop element to it, but there there weren't really even, I mean, they didn't really talk about crimes. There definitely wasn't any like prediction of crime, any of that stuff. So, I would not necessarily even title it this. Yeah, the the future just ends up being we're that's where we're set. Not like there's anything a predictive element in this beyond this is what I think is a vision of the future. 
Mm-hmm. There also, also wasn't like a ton of stakes. You know, it wasn't like there was no ticking clock or really. It was just sort of like, I don't know. It didn't really feel like there was a, a giant conflict. It was just sort of like some kind of an illustration of what the world is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this small slice of a grander thing. Is yeah. even Scott Speedman's like, yeah, I'm not. He's not even the head really of this group. Cell. He just, yeah, he just had the. He's the leader of this small cell, but he's not the big de facto leader of it. And he's even able to move in and out of society. It looked like fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's. I mean, he's able to go to this autopsy, and the only people that have a problem is the two women. Yeah. Nobody else notices him, recognize him. He's not labeled as a terrorist or anything like that. So it's kind of interesting. Um, even though he did directly like kill a confidential informant right at the start of the movie by giving him the plastic. melty, melty oh, yeah. mouth bar. Yeah. 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 This is a weird one. Now it, this also, we found out this is a, it's the same title as his 1970 movie, I think mm-hmm. it was 1970, but not related at all. Why? Um, yeah. So Crimes of the Future, the early one, is basically like a dystopia where a guy releases a virus that killed all the um, all the women, huh. breeding age women. And it's like dealing with that. But then it ends with the the character trying to commit pedophilia. OK, because they, they give a five year old girl oh. hormones to age her to sexual maturity to continue Mm. the species and like the minute she hits puberty she gets the virus and then infects all the men and that's how they all die and um, the movie basically like that analysis of that movie is basically it's like a guy trying to justify his urges and his desires and then like the back half of that movie is literally the crime of the future like the thing that he's going to do Mm. And uh, yeah, Cronenberg, real fucking weird over his like 50 years. Okay, so I'm reading some of the trivia. And um, one of the things that I found was interesting, and this was something I even noted when I was watching it, is that Viggo Mortensen in this movie crouches a lot. Like whenever he's talking to people, he's always down and like it, it looks like he's hugging himself basically in a crouch but he suffered quad trauma when struck by a non-participating horse at the american kentucky derby and as a result was unable to stand for periods of longer than two minutes which resulted in his character constantly kneeling while giving exposition and guess who was originally supposed to play timlin Kristen stewart's role natalie portman hmm could you huh. imagine that with Natalie Portman? I could actually, yeah. Huh. Yeah, but I don't know. She would have been more I, classy, nervous energy. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think Kristen was great. I, I didn't have a problem. I think the only person's acting I had a problem with was uh, Vigo's. But I'm like, yeah. Now they found out you got rich person <laughs> injuries. <laughs> How pissed would you? Oh, you didn't even get kicked by the winning horse of the Kentucky Derby. Fuck this noise. <laughs> non. Also, Vigo, what were you doing that close to a non-participating horse? Were you like, uh, I, I was on Hugo. I think I know how to handle this animal. <laughs> Was that the movie? No, Hidalgo. There we go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the uh, CGI movie. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. This movie, yeah, I, I, I recommend it. Ronnie, what was your takeaway? Would I recommend it? Yeah. 
No. Um, I don't think so. I, 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 I mean, unless they're like a real like uh, fans of like odd. I don't know. I, I couldn't broadly recommend this movie. I guess. Okay, Bree, what's your take? I'm with Ronnie on this. Like, if you're a Cronenberg fan, or yeah. this is something that you're, you know, this genre is something that you enjoy, absolutely. But for somebody like me who just you know, wants escapist movies. This is not that movie. (laughs) Obviously we've spent 45 minutes talking about it and barely have scratched the surface. (laughs) And I, I would say if this podcast makes you want to know what the shit we didn't talk about, then absolutely go watch this movie. But I am not normally a Cronenberg fan. I watch him because he, him and his son, because Kevin enjoys this kind of stuff um, because clearly it gets his brain moving mm. and thinking. And he's got a lot of time between driving to comedy shows where he can mull over this kind of stuff. Um, but if you're like me, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't I, I do like, it. I like goo monsters. <laughs> if you like rock monsters, you should check out Noah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like rock lobsters, uh, check out the B-52s. Um <laughs> Okay, so I think we're winding down. So, Ronnie, this is your time to plug anything. Tell people about your socials, what you got coming up. Uh, Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Ron underscore Flem. Um, You can go to RonnieFleming.com for all my shows. Um, And, yeah, check me out um, on there. Hopefully I'm in a city near you. Nice. Kevin, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on everything from Twitter to TikTok at Kevin underscore egg or KevinEggleston.com. All right. And you can find our podcast at By Its Cover Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube By Its Cover Podcast. And we want to thank Ronnie once again for coming and spending this time with us and making us watch this movie, despite the fact <laughs> that we ended up as a majority not recommending it. <laughs> it was an adventure. And I hope to have you back on the podcast in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Love to do it again. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Comedy is the new sex. (laughs) Comedy is the new sex. Yeah, let's always end on that now.